This is Lindsay, nurse practitioner at Texas A&M Student Health. This is Clinical Pearls. In August of 2019, a UK report was issued on the warnings of compounded bioidentical hormone replacement. But something missing from that was testosterone replacement. Is there a place for testosterone replacement in women? Let's find out according to the data. This podcast idea comes from one of our Facebook friends and podcast listeners. So Lisa Felsman, thank you for your suggestion. And here is the evidence. In August 2019, The Guardian from the UK issued a report. It stated that women were being warned from leading authority groups to avoid compounded bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, which is usually billed as a, quote, more natural form of hormone replacement therapy. According to this report, experts say it is unsafe, expensive, and could increase the risk of developing malignancy. Experts from the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists and the British Menopause Society say the dose of estrogen in combined bioidentical hormone replacement may be higher or sometimes lower than it needs to be to control symptoms and that the dose of progesterone may not always be sufficient to protect the uterus. Additionally, they state that many applications deliver progesterone through the skin, raising the concern for cancer risk. The British Menopause Society's chair also stated every expert in the field shares the same view and concerns about compounded hormones, that it's unsafe, untested, and overall kind of unnecessary. Now, this is also similar to the statement from the American College of OBGYN in their committee opinion number 532 from August 2012. But one item not specifically covered in these two news briefs is that about testosterone supplementation in women. So we're going to cover that right now. A quick search on the internet finds a cornucopia of testosterone products for both men and women. There are no FDA-approved testosterone products for women yet. Some clinicians treat women with testosterone preparations in an off-label manner using low doses of products that are approved for men, like gels, injections, pellets, or compounded gels and pellets. But what's the data behind this? Well, before we get into that specific data, let's start with a brief review of normal testosterone physiology. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A woman should have a total of 15 to 70 nanograms per deciliter of testosterone in her blood. At this time, there's no conclusive guidelines for what should be considered a low testosterone level in women. A woman's testosterone level naturally changes throughout her life, her menstrual cycle, and even at different times of the day. The two main causes of low testosterone are diminishing levels of the hormone as a normal result of menopause and aging and pathological conditions with the ovaries or the pituitary or adrenals. 
Testosterone decreases naturally as a woman ages. Levels of other hormones like estrogen also reduce over time, especially when a woman reaches menopause. There is currently a lack of research into the treatment of low testosterone in women, but we do have some societal guidelines on this topic. So next, let's look at the Endocrine Society's take on the issue. In 2014, a task force recommended against routine measurement of testosterone levels in women. That came from the U.S. Endocrine Societies as one of their chief recommendations. This was because, as of yet, no research has been able to prove a link between testosterone levels that are measurable and their symptoms. This statement was published in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism by the U.S. Endocrine Society and in their clinical practice guidelines. Now, according to the Society's review of the data, the authors continue to recommend against making a diagnosis of androgen deficiency syndrome in healthy women because there's a lack of well-defined syndrome criteria and data correlating androgen levels with specific signs or symptoms are just not available. The U.S. Endocrine Society also recommends against the general use of testosterone for the following indications, infertility, sexual dysfunction other than hypoactive sexual desire disorder in postmenopausal women and we'll cover that specific issue in just a moment. They also recommend against the use of testosterone for things like cognitive function, cardiovascular protection, metabolic issues, or bone health. They specifically state that the use of supplemental testosterone for quote general well-being end quote is also not evidence-based. But the society continues in their practice guideline making the following statement. We recommend against the routine prescription of testosterone or dehydroepiandrosterone for the treatment of women with low androgen levels due to hypopituitarism, adrenal insufficiency, surgical menopause, pharmacological glucocorticoid administration, or other conditions associated with low androgen levels because there are limited data supporting improvement in signs and symptoms with that therapy and there's no long-term studies of risk. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Well, here's the question. What about that issue of hypoactive sexual desire disorder? Well, let's cover that because that does need some attention. Now, I know some of you are thinking, now, didn't the FDA just approve another medication for that? Isn't that Vilesi? Well, let's cover Vilesi here because we have to remember that's not really for postmenopausal women. Low sexual desire is a very, very complex issue. And of course, scientists and physicians haven't figured out all the pathways that lead to sexual desire. Remember that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration did approve Vilesi just recently in the summer of 2019 to treat acquired, generalized, hypoactive sexual desire disorder in premenopausal women. 
Vilesi activates melanocortin receptors, but the mechanism by which it improves sexual desire and related distress is still largely unknown. Now, patients inject Vilesi under the skin of the abdomen or the thigh at least 45 minutes before anticipated sexual activity. Now, a quick word about Vilesi, it can lead to increases in blood pressure that can be significant. All right, that's it for Vilesi. Actually, we covered that topic on a previous podcast, so go back to the archive and look up Vilesi or Remelanotide because that was a topic of a previous discussion on this channel. But remember that Vilesi was for use in premenopausal women, not postmenopausal, and the consensus statement from the society stated that hypoactive sexual desire in postmenopausal women may and possibly could be treated with testosterone, but here are the caveats. According to the U.S. Endocrine Society and the British Menopause Society, there is some evidence that short-term, defined as three to six months, does have some efficacy and some safety for physiological doses of testosterone for postmenopausal women with sexual dysfunction due to low sexual desire. However, and here's a clinical pearl, endogenous testosterone levels do not predict response to treatment. And at present, remember that there's no FDA-approved treatment for women even in postmenopause. So according to the British Menopause Society, although clinical trials of women with hypoactive sexual desire do show some positive results, it is unclear what the appropriate dose should be, and most agree that they should limit treatment for three up to six months maximum. The U.S. Endocrine Society recommends that any woman treated, again, off-label, with testosterone therapy be monitored for signs and symptoms of androgen excess. Well, Lastly, what about DHEA? Well, that didn't escape the review either. The Endocrine Society recommends against the routine use of dehydroepiandrosterone due to limited data concerning its effectiveness and safety in normal women or those even with adrenal insufficiency. Well, team, there we have it. According to the recent data, remember, this was originally released in 2014, but it was reaffirmed just in 2018. The use of supplemental testosterone in premenopausal women is just not indicated or advised. But for postmenopausal women with hypoactive sexual desire disorder, it may be a consideration when other avenues have failed, barring any other pathology or psychosocial issues. And if it is to be used, it is to be used for a max of three to six months, which is hardly a lifetime of use. So, Thanks for listening to Clinical Pearls. And Lisa, there's your podcast describing or explaining testosterone use in women. We'll see you next time.